Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh, and I'm here with my wife, Bonnie. Bonnie, say hello. Hi. <laughs> we are uh, picking it up today on the Union Podcast. It's been a while since we've just been uh, together. It's just been you and I. We've um, we've had several other awesome guests with um, some amazing resources they put together. We recently had Greg Allison, Dr. Greg Allison, um, on talking about his book embodied. That was just, it was an awesome conversation, just making the connection between, um, the, the body, the God's design for the body and all these other areas of our life, especially if you're a Christ follower, uh, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to soul, uh, dynamics that actually the body is actually a beautiful design of God. And, uh, we had a great conversation on how it connects to gender too, but Hey, so before we get too far into it, if this is the first time you've ever checked out the union podcast, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. We just, uh, exist to help bring biblical clarity to really difficult conversations and topics like sexuality, identity, marriage, relationships, all those different things. And, uh, we just know that this conversation, or we hope that this conversation is going to be helpful for you is going to encourage you. And uh, if you are a return listener, we are so thankful that you've come back and we just ask that you share this and, and comment and subscribe. It would just mean the world to us and it would help us get the message out to more people. You're listening to the union podcast. The union exists to bring biblical confidence and clarity to the topics of relationships and sexuality. On this podcast, we unpack the damaging effects of modern sex culture and discuss how to heal from the past and enrich your relationships. Here are your hosts, Brian and Bonnie Pugh. Bonnie, give us the introduction to today's conversation. Yes. Well, today we're talking about making a clean break. So the title of the podcast episode is also linked with a resource that we are currently developing this summer, summer of 2021, making a clean break. It's kind of about, you know, breaking up when people, you know, relationships don't always go the way we hoped or expected. Uh, Sometimes it's really messy. Other times it's just, you know, realizing people go, oh, I guess we're not compatible. That's not going to work out. But either way, we're just realizing there is a whole lot. There can be a whole lot of regret, uh, negative memories, sometimes good memories. Um, there can be this sense of loss of purpose or the sense of loss of significance. When you're, when you're single, you're now you're like, oh, you know, what's my future going to look like anyway? So I'm developing this resource of a 21 day journal that'll bring you through the process of really just returning back to that fulfilling single life. Uh, but we also wanted to do an episode here and just have a conversation, you know, Brian and I, I mean, our, our backgrounds in our dating history were definitely different, um, ups and downs and, you know, what we've learned, but also from conversations we've had with so many, I'd say countless young adults who have had relationships, good, bad, and ugly. So yeah. we're going to have a conversation, conversation about that. Totally. And we understand that like you're listening to this and maybe you're somebody who you just got out of a relationship and they're feeling so many different emotions and you're dealing with so much, um, different just perspective on life. You're even maybe fearing being alone. And like, maybe this is the last chance. This is the last ditch effort that you had to, to salvage a relationship and you're just sentenced to loneliness and singleness for the rest of your life and, and no purpose or whatever. And I I just want to tell you that that's not the case mm-hmm. and that's not true that even even if you were called to singleness, that does not mean lack of purpose. It does not mean lack of fulfillment. But um, but we just know that God can bring a lot of clarity to this issue. And also, we were talking about before that you might have gotten out of a relationship and you're feeling even a sense of guilt because you know that that relationship wasn't healthy to be in. But right. you feel like you feel like this obligation that I should have stuck it out or I should have, you know, I should have, you know, made you it know, work. We could have made it work. Yeah, totally. And I think sometimes in you know, well-meaning young ladies, they have this, um, this desire to nurture and to mother in a certain way, um, or to a certain extent. And it's like, well, I could help him be a better, a better young man. I could help him. You know, he's just, he just, he's hurt and he needs help. And it's like, yeah, he, he, he might be hurt and he might need help, but you don't have to be that help for him. And you don't have to sacrifice your own, um, mental health, spiritual health, you know, all mm-hmm. you don't have to sacrifice yourself and be somebody's Messiah and be somebody's uh, savior. Um, Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the 
um, the one who heals and restores and you don't have to put yourself through um, damaging scenarios and environments uh, in order for somebody else just to find healing. So, yeah, you know, what? I think, Brian, you're you're honestly so protective that you would you're like, young ladies, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. And I would say also young men. Yeah. Don't facts. do that to yourself. Totally. For sure. There can be that. I think that tendency within females, because of, like you said, that maternal nature, that's that just says like, I see the good in him. Yeah. It's like, well, that's awesome that you do. Um, and I would actually confession that was probably probably one of my weak weaknesses in my teen years was I could always see the good in him. Right. Right. And I, yeah, definitely had to have some the Holy Spirit as well as my parents just kind of help me think, OK, I'm not just picking my future spouse. I'm yeah. also you know, this is the potentially the future father of my children and totally. a co-worker in Christ. Right. So, mm-hmm. so for men, you know, young men and women, you don't have, you're not the savior, but, uh, anyways. Yeah. So one of the things we want to talk about is like in a real practical sense, because this is all very real. I think, you know, like Bonnie said before, we have different, uh, history when it came to dating relationships and I've, been broken up with and I've had to break up with people multiple multiple times more than Bonnie has. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's to my own shame and regret. Um, but I wouldn't say shame. That's not to my own shame. But I do look back at like some of the relationship decisions I made growing up. And I was a very broken young man. So when you're broken, you make broken decisions. Right. And you hurt people as the saying sometimes goes it's sometimes true i think hurt people can help people a lot when there's brokenness in people's hearts but um and and humbleness in people's hearts too but i think the reality is though is that hurt people do hurt people and that was something i was uh, pretty good at but um one of the things that we were talking about is like how do we navigate the memories because when you've broken up with somebody um you know, if it's been a relationship that's had, you know, especially a substantial amount of time, like we're talking years in, in a relationship. Right. Um, and, and this is obviously like a dating relationship, not, we're not talking about marriage. I think that's probably a completely different, totally uh, different conversation episode. to have. Yeah. But, um, but I think when you've broken up with somebody and you've been together for years, you have a lot of memories. At least I hope you have that you weren't just, you know, like, Pretending, yeah, pretending you're you're going to places, you're going on hikes, you're going out for dinner, you're watching movies, you know, all this, all this stuff, like, and and hopefully you were having a lot of fun too, just enjoying each other and and getting getting to know each other. But you know, what do you do with those memories? And um, I think one of the things, you know, just as we were talking about before, um, at least it helped me is is to uh, is actually to bring those memories into the light because what's happening is you internally are remembering something that happened and and it can trigger a lot of different emotional responses Mm -hmm. it can bring you back even to that very moment you know i think even like there's like little details where it's like oh you smelt that that guy's cologne or you smelt your ex-girlfriend's perfume or whatever and and you're like oh i that just brings me back to this place and it's like again the the beautiful thing about confession is not just saying words but it's actually just bringing what is actually hidden in your own heart and bringing it into the light. And so that's having a good conversation with a good friend that you trust, um, you know, maybe a mentor in your life, mom and dad, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that's, that's a safe relationship for you. Um, but yeah, it's just the power of confession, just bringing that into the light is so helpful with those memories that might trigger, um, you know, very, very real and very powerful emotional responses that, that may not be healthy and just may actually be part of the process and grieving too, is just to identify them. So, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's even a good place, you know, to, to highlight what you said there of grieving. I remember um, a mentor in my life saying once, whenever something ends, you have to grieve it. Mm-hmm. And so even if you know that that relationship was supposed to end, um, it's still your will go through a grieving process. So as those memories come up for you to be able to identify like, man, that makes me sad. Like that, you know, maybe we did have these good times and I'm sad that I lost them. Or, or you might say, oh man, that like a bad thing happened at that restaurant or at that lookout point or whatever. And I'm grieving those bad memories. And so to, to slow down, I think this is important, you know, even a tagline in my head when I think of making a clean break is 
to be able to bounce back without rebounding. Mm-hmm. It's like you, nobody wants nobody wants to be a rebound relationship. Like that's Absolutely. that's so messy because as you are breaking up and you're like maybe your lives were merging now you're like disattaching from each other that is going to require a grieving process mm-hmm. and especially like the length of time that you were together i think is going to make that grieving process longer just to as you those memories come up you're going to face them you're going to communicate with people about it maybe you know i'm a journaler so i'm always like journal about it but that's not everybody's thing yeah uh, but you know talking about it and then praying about it even dedicating it to the lord you know God, this is how that, you know, seeing that movie again made me think of, you know, when I saw it in theater with my ex-boyfriend and God, I just dedicate that memory to you as you, you know, mm-hmm. just refresh my mind. Yeah. Comfort me, Holy Spirit, you know, just bringing the Lord into those memories. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we want to discount too that like, because I think, I think this is a point, an important part to remember is that not all, um, not all healthy dating relationships or discovery relationships, whatever you want to call them to see if there's compatibility for marriage is not all of those, even if they're done right, end up in marriage. And so you might actually have a really, a lot of positive memories. Um, and I think those that's worth celebrating. You know what I mean? That's worth going like, God, thank you for that opportunity. And I thank you for so-and-so. And And I, I, I just thank you for the opportunity you gave me to, to get to know them. And for us to even, you know, we, we might have a great friendship now and it's not going to be anything more than that. And, and we get that and we understand that, but, um, but I thank you for this friendship now that we have and, mm-hmm. and I celebrate all those times and, and I look back at them with, you know, fondness. So those are very real realities too. And it's like, um, I think those are all very valid, yeah you know, all very real and, and, um, and worth, worth approaching in their own unique context, I think. Yeah, I mean, this topic is actually so huge because there is that wide spectrum of how relationships end, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so being able to um, to bring in these elements, you know, we're trying we're trying to be sensitive to where you might be, you know, yeah. you as a listener might be coming from, but these are principles that <laughs> we are very much covering our bases right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's the good and the bad, yeah, and, and, the, and you might have you might wear glasses. And, and you might have, you know, a nose and two ears. And so this might be completely different for you. (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh geez. But, um, but I think more often than not, Bonnie, like, you know, in our conversations and a lot of the the time that we have with people, we do hear a lot of regret Mm -hmm. because, because of the culture and the pressure and just really just what it means to be human Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this world is you have desires and you have, um, you face temptation in a very real way and mm-hmm. that can lead to boundaries being crossed. And so more often than not, we do hear a lot of regret that, you know, even there was, um, mm-hmm. you know, even like boundaries were crossed sexually in order to like try to keep that person around. And it was almost presented that way that like, well, Hey, if we just increase our, you know, sexual encounters mm-hmm. together, then somehow that's going to, that's going to strengthen our relationship and it's like, yeah. And like, that's going to keep that person close. If I cross those boundaries that even maybe I didn't even want to cross and I know Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have, but I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be without this person or I I didn't want to face what it could be like without this person. Mm -hmm. And so I cross those boundaries like that, that can bring a lot of regret that can bring a lot of shame. And, um, and I think, and I think it's important to identify that and, um, and to even, you know, face that question or that, that statement that's going in your head. It's like, I never planned for these things to happen. Right. You know, and to even just, just even approach it that way. It's like, I didn't, I didn't want to do this. I didn't, I didn't plan to go down this road, but here I am. Mm -hmm. And to really like, like, again, we've used that term, that grieving process, like working through it Mm -hmm. and, and having that good conversation with somebody and somebody you trust, obviously, Mm-hmm. And bringing those things into the light and um, and talking about them and allowing the love and the reality of God to separate that that influence from your heart, to separate the history from your heart is what I love to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, that's the reality for us all. So, yeah. And, you know, like you're saying, Brian, these, you know, we have had conversations with young men and women and some it's like they, you know, we're talking with the follower of Christ in mind. But there's people, there are people for sure who either have claimed, 
you know, like they claim like, yeah, I'm totally a Christian, but they don't even know what that means. Like they have never been maybe discipled or taught of like, how is that supposed to impact my relationships? So then their relationships are all tainted with this, um, this sense of sexual tension and, you know, just doing, doing everything that the, that the world would say is a normal relationship. Um, so you have that, but then you also have people who haven't like never even pretended to be following Christ. And so they have this long list in their mind, like just memory after memory, relationship after relationship, people who've, who've lost count of how many sexual partners they've had. Mm -hmm. And then they come to Christ and they go, oh my gosh, like, I wish I had never done that. And so you're not just, you're in your, in your process, you're not just grieving, like breaking up with one person. You're actually, it's like almost this Rolodex in your mind. I know that's an old thing. Do people (laughs) still have Rolodex? Yeah. You're, you're, you know, maybe, maybe the album, the photo album in your phone, you can scroll back on and you're like, I have all these old photos. Contacts. Yeah. These old contacts, these old, these old memories. And yeah. so honestly, I just want to really encourage you if that's you, whether it's one person or more than you can count, mm-hmm. just for you to know that your history does not have to dictate your future. Yeah. That, that like the gift of purity, the gift of holiness it really is a gift. I understand we have to, we have to make choices and walk into holiness. Like mm-hmm. where God says like, come on, be different. You're now called out. You're a different, you're a separate people. But also there's this gift of holiness where God's a gift of righteousness where he's yeah. like, this isn't out of your own actions, but like you've been washed now. You've been forgiven. You get to become a new creation, like fresh start. And so yes, like repentance includes a place of grieving where you say, mm-hmm. I wish, man, I did not want to do that. I wish I had not done that. And, and then it's the healing process. And that's where that confession, like you're saying, Brian, yeah. as you confess things to one another as the body of Christ, like then they can pray for you and then healing can come so that yeah. the past doesn't reach into your future, into your future relationships. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to you to allow, cause like one of the, the desires of God is that truth would come and change the way that we think about the things that cause us pain. So yeah. like if we have, you know, say you're listening to this right now and that example that I, I mentioned before of you increase sexual, sexual involvement with, you know, a past boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the idea was like, this is going to bring us closer and this is going to, this is even going to keep this person in my life. And right. what you realized is actually in actuality, it caused things to be more complicated mm-hmm. and it caused a whole world of, of emotions and just even cloudiness of vision and confusion that came. And so, and like this, this is why God's design for marriage is, is this, I heard a friend say it this way. It's like, if you've got a diamond ring, you know, the gold is this setting that the diamond comes and sits in mm-hmm. and, and, um, and the, I forget what they're called, but like the little clasps that kind of come up on the mm-hmm. top of the ring and it holds the diamond there. It's like, you know, sexuality is a gift. It's a beautiful gift to be celebrated and, you know, like it's to be treasured and protected. Um, but it's meant to be set in this, this setting of marriage because, where else can those emotions and those now those questions that start swirling? Well, what if he leaves me now? Or, or what if, or maybe, well, maybe I'm not the only guy that she's doing with this with like, because she's, she's compromised a a standard that I thought she had or she had communicated that she had. And so how do I know she's telling me the truth or, or like, you know, I think, I think one big question that, um, I don't want to generalize, but I've just heard a lot of young ladies who, who, when they've opened up about this, they've been, you know, sexually involved with someone that, you know, that, and even as the, as the relationship did, did develop and it went on to marriage, this lingering question of like, is he going to be faithful to me is, right. is yeah. swirling there because, because you think back like that, that time in, in a discovery aspect of a relationship is meant to be like every, every day they're proving like, Hey, I'm trustworthy. Um, you can open up your heart to me. And as we're moving towards this on this discovery pathway towards marriage, I'm showing myself that I can be a safe person who's going to walk with you as a teammate into the things that God's called us to, and I can serve you and I can walk in self-government and self-control. But when that's not happening, Mm -hmm. And then you do cross that, that, um, you do step into that world of marriage. 
that question has not yet been answered. Is this person a person of self-control? Is this person a person of self-government? Are they going to be faithful? Are they going to be truthful and honest? And are they going to be loyal to me above all other girls? You know what I mean? Or all other, or is is this girl going to be, is this woman now going to be faithful to me above all other men? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, there's a lot of years in marriage. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes that tent that those sexual desires in a dating relationship, it's like, oh my gosh, this is, I can't say no. I can't say no. It's too hard. But you need to like really by saying no, you are investing in your future happiness yeah, and your future peace, even within the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, again, we're, we're, <laughs> we are big on restoration. So it's like, okay, well, Definitely. well if that, what if that's not my story now? Am I, you know, not at all. There's always fresh starts, but these, this is just a thing that you can know you're not alone. Yeah. If that, if that's swirling in your head, that's like, that's real. Yeah. And, and you can talk about it and there can be, you can find answers to those questions. Yeah. And, and I think it's important too, and, and this may not be an easy thing to hear, but you know, God's mercy and forgiveness forgives the long-term effects of, of our sinful decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't always hold back the consequences. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, you know, you think of a little kid who reaches up and touches the the top of the stove when it's glowing red hot. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I bet you they're not, they're going to remember what that pain felt like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, they're not going to keep doing it. Like if, so like a lot of times we think that God's mercy and his forgiveness is like, well, I'm going to make sure that you never remember what it was like to cross that line. Mm. And it's like, well, no, actually he allows you to remember what it was like to cross that line. So that you would never do it again. That's true. And that you would yeah. know that his way is so much better. Cause it's like, if I, um, and, and I do believe that God's mercy separates the, the influence from past memories, but, um, so that they're not dominating our heart or controlling our, um, our identity that our identity is established in Jesus. But, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't, he, he doesn't always take away those consequences where you feel the weight, um, you feel the weight of your decision. Um, but he doesn't let you carry it alone, which is, which is really amazing. He wants you to be walking in community and walking in and really open, uh, heart connection with him so that you're walking in humility, but not in shambles. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Humility, but not shambles, humility, but not humiliated. Yeah, exactly. Right. He puts honor back on us when we felt shamed. Yeah. He says, okay, come here. Like you shouldn't have done that. And mm-hmm. that hurts. And there may even like, that'll leave a mark, but even right now, let's bring comfort and healing to that place. And it's not the end. Yeah. It's not the end. So I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick little break here and we will pick it up um, just in a few moments. Hey, it's Brian from the union here. And it goes without saying in our day, sexuality has become very, very complicated. Many followers of Christ are finding themselves with big questions about hot topic issues of gender, relationships, and sexuality, and have questions like, what is tradition? What is cultural pressure? What does actually scripture say about these areas of my life? And with this in mind, we've released an eight-session e-course for young adults called The Journey Home. It includes digitally accessed video teachings and self-reflective study guides that helps you take action steps to apply what you are learning. If you would like to go through the course as an individual or go through it as a group, you can find out more at courses.theunionmovement.com. All right. So we're having this conversation about making a clean break. You know, this, even some of these content, these topics are going to be found in that, in that journal, that free resource that we're going to be releasing here this summer. Yeah. Um, You know, talking about how to deal with memories, talking about how to deal with regret and shame in the journal. We're going to talk about, you know, about disappointments and just a whole bunch of other topics, but that's kind of the looking back, you know, at what happened. And then we also want to take some time today to talk about what do you do about today, right now, where you're at now you're single Mm -hmm. and you're just trying to like deal with yourself today. Um, And I think something huge that we want to, you know, highlight and have a conversation about is having a strong identity as who you are as an individual and this might be like a funny way to say, it. I've never really, I don't know if I've processed this out loud before, but I feel like whenever you're starting a new company or something, they tell you that you need to figure out your brand. 
who are you? What are your values? What do you want people to know? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about like, man, what if like single men and women did that for themselves? Like took that those single years, you know, maybe they're dreaming of getting into a relationship one day, but they go, who am I? Mm -hmm. What words represent who I am? What do I want to be? What's my brand that when someone interacts with me, they see the consistency of my character and they would say, this is who I am. What's my, you know, what's my identity? And so I would just encourage you, challenge you, you know, you're listening to this, whether you are single single or married to be able to stand firm in who you know you want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bri, I know you had some thoughts about this, especially around some of those broken relationships that you experienced and the, you know. I did. I'm just teasing. Yeah, I think I, as I look back, um, I look back because of a lot of brokenness that I, I was experiencing as a young man and just was a very real aspect of my life. I found so much identity in these relationships and and it is, again, it's like, I look back, I just have to go, Oh, Brian, what were you thinking? You know what I mean? Like that, like you really, you really thought that, but like my only real influence on the like relationships was movies and TV shows. And so it's like, whenever there was a breakup, it was always this big dramatic, you know, thing. And there's tears and it's like, but I can't live without you. And I don't know what it'll be like. And, and how old, like, how old were you? Uh, range, the age range. Oh man. Like, I think I started you know, having, I guess it's hard to say like serious relationships again, cause I'm 30, going to be 36 and yeah, the end of this month, it's like, uh, that was not a serious relationship. Right. Um, but like, um, you know, like 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. And like, you know, just finding so much identity, like, Hey, this girl likes me. And it's like, I would automatically like this girl because I found out she liked me. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like, like wow. well, you clearly have good taste. Yeah, exactly. That's, we got that going for you. Yeah. It's like, talk about insecurity. It's like, wow. The first, mm. <laughs> this one girl likes me. And, and then all of a sudden I would just, I guess I like you too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but Anyways, so like when breakups would happen, I would just be so I'd be so much like a yo-yo going like, mm. oh, I'm I'm doing great. Like, hey, maybe we're going to get back together. And then it's just like, oh, wait, no, we're not. And down in the dumps and like up and then down and then up and then down. It's like wow. until the next relationship started, you know, which is man, I, I hope I'm not describing if I am describing somebody else's life. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what that's like, um, but it was so much out of a broken identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I needed to realize that, like, I think as a single person, um, man, you need to know who you are and you need to know that that you're. I, I often don't, I don't like this term sometimes because it's like the reality is, is you're not enough. Like the gospel says that you're not enough. Jesus had to die. Jesus had to be enough. Jesus is enough for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but to know that like um yeah that like yeah, i guess i would just say this that you need to be a whole person you mm-hmm. know and if you are in a relationship because of how that relationship makes you feel mm-hmm. um like it's awesome to feel great in a relationship and to, it's like who doesn't like to be liked and cared for and right. you know and have you know fun experiences and go on dates and stuff like that and and mm-hmm. get to know get to know people and be you know cared for like that but like if if this is out of a place of insecurity and out of a deficit in your own soul, um, that that needs to be filled before you go running back into mm-hmm. something, um, because it, if you don't fix what's broken, it's just bound to repeat itself. That's so good. I think about um, is it John chapter four where Jesus is talking to the the woman who's at the well, mm-hmm. and she was somebody who would rebound, you know. Husband yeah, after real. husband and Jesus is like, and the guy you're with right now, you're not actually married to. Yeah. And she's like, whoa, you're a prophet. Like you, you know my story, you know my story. And then he says to her, man, if you, if you knew who I was, you'd ask for water from me because what I give you, then you don't get thirsty again. You know? And I think that like you're saying, Brian, we go to, you know, people, we just go to each other so much, like, mm-hmm. give me what I need. Give me what I need. Tell me feel me. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. You know, and Jesus is like, I'm the water. I'm the bread. You know, if you come to me, I can fill you. Right. And then you can maybe, I mean, I think even, you know, going with that analogy, when I, when I'm hungry or thirsty, I feel like my thinking 
my thinking processes just dissipate, like dissipate, you know, sometimes we'll be like, my, you know, is this warfare? Is this what's going on? I'm so depressed. Oh, I just didn't have lunch. You just need a spiritual snack. You just need a snack. (laughs) So then I think maybe a nap, maybe, you know, if we can go with that analogy, we got young men and women who are starving and so dehydrated Mm -hmm. and then they're just making decisions and they're desperate and they're, you know, going after, Oh, you like me? Okay. You can fill me up then, you know, instead of going to the Lord and finding our identity in him, hearing him say, I love you. I love you so much Mm -hmm. that I sacrificed everything for you. And then when our hearts are filled, then we are able to just make some decisions with better judgment. Absolutely. You know, so Um, And then included into that, you know, so we're finding our identity as a single person because we're still going to need that. Even, you know, if you get married one day, you, man, we still need that. We are finding our identity all the time. We can't, I can't go to you with that question every day. No, exactly. That's too much pressure for you. Um, But then also to remember your purpose as a single person, Mm -hmm. you know, that you, it's not, marriage is not the starting line for life. There is so much that you can accomplish and do as a single person. And I would, man, I would just encourage you like show, I would, I'm like, I feel like I could, if I could just shove you, like, come on, live your life. Like, what are your dreams? What are your passions? What are your giftings? What could, what could you do with your time beyond Mm -hmm. just like mindless scrolling or, you know, Amazon shopping or Netflix, you know, binge watching? Like, what are you made for? Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. And I think this is, again, not to generalize. And like, I'm just speaking as a man um, to probably some other young men. Uh, again, I'm only, I'm six, 36. I almost said 65. It's like, that's not even, that's not even the opposite numbers. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I'm going to be 36 at the end of the month, but like, I think the young man, like you need to, you need to figure out what your passions are. You need to know. Um, and like, even take this time being single. It's like, what am I? What am I made to do, Mm. you know, and what contribution do I have? Because God has put a contribution within you and, and in your masculinity, God has put a contribution Mm -hmm. in there and the world would love to just steal that away from you and, and keep you as a child. And, but like, God wants to raise you up as a man who knows what he's called to and, and walking in purpose and in destiny, because that's, that's what causes marriages to thrive and families to thrive and communities to thrive as much as it does, you know, when women find their purpose and their identity and, and and their passion and their gifting and everything. But like, um, there's just such pressure for young, for men to stay as children. And, and, you know, again, like we're speaking to younger people and you still might be, you might be older than I am and you're single. It's like, that doesn't change anything about your purpose. It doesn't change anything about, um, the gifts and the callings and the passions that God has put in you mm-hmm. and those need to be developed, but they need to be exposed first. They need to be um, brought into light and then like, write it down, make a plan. Like this is what, you know, Habakkuk talks mm. about, like write it down and make it plain. You know what I mean? This is, this is what I'm about and this is who I want to be and begin to take steps to it. And I think, you know, if, if that grace is on your life and it's very real, you know, to stay single and if that's really what God's called you to, then, then this will only add to this journey that you're on because mm-hmm. you're going to have some freedom to walk in probably a greater level of these things, um, than most. But if, if that grace is not on your life, that calling is not on your life and, and to your stay grace, single, you mean. yeah, to stay mm-hmm. single, I mean, and you're called to, to be married, um, this is only going to be a great setting again to invite somebody else into a teammate. It's just like, we're going somewhere, we're doing something mm-hmm. and we're going to be a team on mission and on purpose. So that's so beautiful. So then another piece would be, you know, as a single person, I think one of the, oh man, I just see such a epidemic um, of loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, people who are just tucked away in their little apartments or in their basement suites. Maybe they, yeah. you know, they've moved out from their family. Maybe, maybe that was a healthy move. Or maybe you just felt like, well, I probably mm. should because I'm 23 or 24. Mm. Anyways, but then they're just alone so much. And so like something that I would recommend like ASAP is really do your best to develop some community. Yeah. I know in this last year that, I oh, mean, my prayer was with the single people so much, you know, all with the all single the single people, all the single people <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, with, 
we're ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Um, just with COVID, you know, social distancing. And I thought, oh my goodness, what, how difficult that is. But okay. So not even COVID life, just even in general life, you know, eating dinner alone. And then yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to make you cry right now. If, if that's where, where you're at, but like, you have to be intentional to build some community to, yeah. to get in, into people's lives and have other people get into your life to welcome totally. even very intentionally not just be like well hopefully they'll catch that i want to be around them but just mm-hmm. even to say could we make an arrangement you know maybe even adopt a family and just say hey would it work yeah. for me to come and like help do the dishes and you give me dinner once a week or i don't know just like totally i just need to be around people i need to remember that there's generations before that went before me and that are coming after me. Yeah. Not just about, I'm not just with my peers all the time. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to even find like an older couple or an older man or an older woman. And I'm going to ask them like, what is, what have you learned in the last 10 years? Or what would you say to somebody my age? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I even think like, man, start a, and it doesn't have to be singles, you know what I mean? But like just singles, but like a dinner, dinner club or something like that. Like, man, I'd all be all over that. <laughs> totally. So investing in community yeah. as a single person. No, do not wait for someone else to start it for you. Be intentional um, because loneliness makes us do stupid things. Absolutely. It's the, yeah. Irrational things. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't think clearly when we're at it, when we're, um, when we're afraid, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Unless you've really trained yourself to when you feel adrenaline or you feel fear, or anxiety or all those things, mm-hmm. if you've really trained yourself to, to stay steady um, and make clear decisions out of muscle memory, right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, right. then that's one thing. But, um, if you haven't, then like, it's, it's a real dangerous place to be. And I think that's why the enemy loves so much to just get people alone and isolated mm-hmm. is because we make irrational, silly, um, momentary, not long-term mm-hmm. focus decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were going to talk too about looking to the future and, mm-hmm. and identifying what true compatibility is. Yeah. Well, because, you know, you, so you've broken up, you're a single person, you know, I know we're jumping through so much, so many topics, but uh, this is where we're, what we do. doing our best, we're just you know? Doing our best. So if you're looking to the future now, you're thinking, I don't want to be single forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you were like the little kid, you reached up, touched the stovetop, burnt, and you're like, I don't want to get burnt again. So just a couple key lessons that we think would be important would be to be able to identify what true compatibility is. Mm-hmm. And then another thing would be to recognize that intimacy needs to match the level of commitment. Yes. So, okay. So let's go back. Identifying what true compatibility is. I used to do this like, like maybe this is a dumb example, but compatibility does not mean You just found somebody that likes to go bowling with you on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. It does not mean we just happen to like the same style of music. Yeah. Can I even say it doesn't even mean, and this is what I learned in a dating relationship before Brian, it doesn't even mean we're both Christians. Now that's compatibility. That's, that's not even what true compatibility would be. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with the recognizing our strengths and weaknesses cover each other like Mm -hmm. so my strengths cover your weaknesses your strengths cover my weaknesses it's not about being um the codependent that's not that's not what that means exactly um but more just like we can help each other accomplish the purposes that god has for us on the earth yeah we have similar values we have um i mean that's a huge one similar values anyway what would you say compatibility yeah i think i think you're both you're both heading the same direction Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you're two individual people um, who like different foods, have different color preferences, you sure. know, um, tastes in movies and music. But like you, as we've often said here is like, you want to be, you want to marry a disciple, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? As a disciple of Jesus. And this is, you know, what, why scripture says to not be unequally lo- yoked is because you will diverge and head multiple directions, mm-hmm. um, where you want to be you want to be with somebody who's heading the same direction as you. And that's why it's important to discover your purpose and, and discover what God's, you know, put in your heart to be doing, because then that sets a trajectory in which you are beginning to walk. And before you know it, you look across 
and wow, somebody else is doing the same thing I'm doing. Mm. You know, like as a young lady, you're probably thinking, well, he probably likes different music than I do, but like we're heading the same direction. Sure. You know what I mean? And um, we're about similar, similar, the things that matter, you know what I mean? The big, the big important, uh, the big deal things, those really matter. Um, Excuse me. We're on the same page with those things. Totally. I like, um, I love that the equally yoked, unequally yoked. I think um, we're not so much an agrarian community anymore, but when the scriptures were written, then everyone would be like, oh, unequally yoked because they would understand the ramifications of putting like a really strong ox next to a really weak ox. It would Mm -hmm. be like that strong ox would get burned out because they would be having to pull all the weight, Mm -hmm. you know, or different sizes of like higher shoulders or whatever. It would mean like rubbing and chafing on that ox's, you know, body and damage done to it. Whereas if they're equally yoked and they can both pull, um, Mm -hmm. It's like, then they get that return for their labor. Yeah. And I think that Bri is something I've so appreciated. Of course, in our marriage, we have like, we have, we have fun together, man. You, you make me laugh like nobody else. Um, well, I hope a- so. <laughs> I better. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> who else is making you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing. That's I was like, that's funny. kind of like, I'm like, you make me laugh like nobody else. It's like, cause nobody else has jokes like you yeah that's true <laughs> anyways i don't so, know if that was this shade being thrown or it's or kind what. of both it's, it's like you're silly it's both and it's both yeah anyway so we have a lot of fun together but also one of the greatest things i didn't realize would be matter so much to me is that we both want the same things mm-hmm. in life and that we can we've learned to work together yeah you know and um anyways so that equally yoked means you're going the same direction same pace both mm-hmm. of you are committed to pulling weight in the same direction. Yeah. And like, again, like I kind of spoke to it before, but you know, young ladies, man, you, you do not, I'm going to say this really, this might, this might hurt somebody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a preface. <laughs> um, I don't I don't mean it to be hurtful, but like young ladies, you don't want to be a mom to your husband. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand that like there's times in our life when we're, you know, we're even sick. Like there's times when you know, I've been going through stuff and Bonnie's cared for me in, in a way that, you know, like the maternal nature has come through and how she's cared for me, but I've always been her husband. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But you don't want to be, you, you want to be leading your family and you want to be experiencing marriage with somebody who's, who is carrying the weight, who you're not having to be a mom to, you get to be a wife to. Yeah. And in the same way, um, you know, men, you don't want to have to be a dad where it's just like, mm. you know, your, your wife is making decisions or this late, this young lady who you're pursuing a relationship with is constantly making childish decisions and is not showing maturity. And she might be as pretty as all get out, like, mm-hmm. which I don't even really know what that means. She might just be really, really good looking. And, mm-hmm. um, and that might be a real plus for you and a real like answer to prayer for you. But what I can tell you, what's not going to be an answer to prayer Mm. is when you have to babysit her for years. Um, and so that's not to say that, you know, we write people off, but we also have to be really sober minded, Mm -hmm. not get distracted by the things that are going to fade because she's pretty now, but she, she, um, she might, she's, I can say this, she's not going to look the same in 50 years. And Young ladies, that guy might be really good looking right now too, but he's not going to look the same in 50 years. Right. But his character, hopefully, if he's a maturing man and a disciple who's who's walking after God, his character is only going to get better. Right. You know what I mean? And 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 that's really what you want. And so those are the things to to identify um that you are heading in the same direction and and both shouldering um, self-government and living as a, as a disciple before, before God, before Jesus, um, in an effective and, and real way that you're, you're owning your life in the, in the good sense, you're owning the decisions you make and you're, you're purposing to follow after God with your whole, whole heart. So, man, I guess, so I'm like, I feel like you and I could just talk about these types of things for so like so long. Yeah, you probably could. I'm like, Oh, we've had, cause we've had so many conversations we before have. marriage and after marriage with people who you know, or like, oh, I'm really glad we did it this way. Or like, oh, I really wish we would have done it different. Yeah, for real. You know, and we have our own mistakes too that we're like. Yeah, totally. Like coaches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, don't do that again. Yeah. 
Make sure yeah. people don't follow you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Final thoughts here, just around this idea of that recognizing intimacy needs to match the level of commitment. Or you could say that commitment needs to match the level of intimacy. No, I like the other way better. So intimacy needs to match the level of commitment. So sometimes people will use the word intimacy interchangeable with sexual intercourse. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about intimacy um, as like an almost like an increasing like scale where you have the first level, you know, maybe the first step of connection or attachment where it's just like we know each other a little bit. And then over time, we slowly are increasingly vulnerable with Mm -hmm. one another. And vulnerability begs for loyalty. You may find this. This is why um, I think it's Brene Brown talks about the vulnerability hangover is when you're vulnerable beyond the level of commitment and you're vulnerable with maybe with a crowd, maybe you're a public speaker or you're vulnerable in a group, you know, maybe a group setting like a, you know, someone's someone's birthday party and then you share something vulnerable with people that aren't committed to you the next day. So yeah. often you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I shared that Yeah, because you shared, you were intimate beyond the commitment. And so I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. You know, public speakers do it all the time. Kind of like here, I'll let you in on my life in order for yeah. you to learn from it. But when it comes to like a romantic relationship or these, you know, discovery friendship of like, is this going to go somewhere? Um, you, it's like this, I don't know. I guess it would say it's a bit like a, you got to feel it out. It's a little bit like a dance where you go, I'm going to not overshare past the level of commitment. So I'm not going to go right. up to in my first week of dating or my first month of dating and be like, here's my life story. Here's my deepest secrets. Mm-hmm. Here are all my hopes and dreams. If you, you know, if you can't handle that, then we clearly can't be together. Like right. that's, that's not. Yeah. And I think maybe just the way that my brain is, is kind of help to make sense of this. It's like the speed limit in, mm. in different, um, you know, different traffic areas, traffic zones, I guess. Right. Like you don't go 60 in a school zone. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's a great way to get a ticket. Um, I don't know from experience, I've gotten tickets elsewhere, <laughs> um, which Bonnie knows about. Um, but, um, but like, and you also don't go 30 in, in a, like mm. in a hundred zone, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like obviously like, uh, the highway speed is like a, a maximum you should go, I guess you could go, but it's like, it's actually not safe. So it's like, as you get into like, you get into marriage, it's like, you want to be able to have that safety and that vulnerability. You shouldn't be going 30 mm-hmm. on, on the highway. You should be able to be vulnerable and be open and and at least be working on that, be developing that. But like when you're in the early stages, when you're in the school zone, when you're discovering and learning about each other, um, you know, that's not the best place to talk about. So maybe, maybe the real painful aspects of, of your life, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Maybe your parents were divorced and, or you were abandoned you've been in foster care or something like that. Like those are, those are weightier things. That, and you can talk about those things in a general way, but yeah. not in like the rip rip it all open kind of yeah exactly like i think i think you can there's probably a way to do it i don't want to write that off completely but um but i think there's there's discretion and wisdom in in how much i'm gonna let somebody else in who i'm not even really sure about has the capacity to walk with me through Mm -hmm. into this next zone i don't know if i'm going to be able to to open up about those things and so um and again that kind of leads into to like how it's important to not be making plans necessarily when you're in the early stages um and commitments to like to the future with that person being there mm-hmm. you know what i mean to be focused and here we are we're together now and we're working on that we're not hanging the future over anybody's head right now we're just focusing on getting to know each other and um and keeping it keeping it very surface for for good reason mm-hmm. um until until that next step is able to be made so Totally. Um, Yeah. And then connected in so that we're talking about, you know, emotional, emotional intimacy. But for sure, this is connected to the physical. Yes. And and I think it like you can use the same word is that when you start having um, like sexual. I mean, it's yes, there's affection, but then also that sexual element. Right. Because, you know, you can hold your grandma's hand and that's not the same as holding your girlfriend's hand. Right. So facts. So 
it's not so much even just about the affection, but about the underlying desire that's there when you're in a relationship. Totally. And so you can call like that's a form of vulnerability where you're let giving someone access to this physical side of who you are all the way in different, you know, there's all these stages of physical intimacy all the way up to complete vulnerability where there's nothing between you and you, you know, engage in sexual intercourse where, you know, it's just the two of you. It's the closest anyone could be to you. If you call that's like an ultimate vulnerability. And so it begs for loyalty. And that's where God's design is like, no, the, the commitment here, the loyalty here is you and none other. Mm-hmm. That is the promise that I have made to you, to God and to my community, to the, all the people who stood there with us at our wedding, um, you know, wedding ceremony. And yeah. so, so your vulnerability needs and your intimacy needs to match whatever level of commitment uh, you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why you're able to, you know, walk into that next season of life in marriage. If that, if that relationship moves towards marriage, you're able to walk into that with no, no regrets. You're Mm -hmm. able to walk into that with, you know, as a good friend of mine, again, our good friend, Jim Anderson talks about like when you check in for a flight, you have zero baggage, you're not checking any bags. Mm -hmm. You just get to walk into this next season, um, with that teammate and that, uh, that special person to take on the adventure of what's on the horizon together in marriage. But uh, at the same time, you don't have anything, you haven't lost anything. You've actually gained a friendship. You know what I mean? If that relationship doesn't move uh, to marriage or mm-hmm. otherwise, there's been no um, violation of trust, violation of, mm-hmm. of honor for each other. And, and you get to, to gain a friend out of it, even if it's not, not leading to marriage. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I'm like, this is a good conversation. There's still so many directions we could take it, but for tonight, for yes. today, you know, whenever you're listening to this, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're recording at night, but you, yeah. you listen later. Um, I think we're going to close it there coming yeah. up in this next little while though. We're going to be having, um, you know, conversation with somebody, uh, who's an author of a book called don't believe the swipe, you know, mm-hmm. so dealing a, a ton about that finding identity as a single person. And then we're also having a conversation with somebody who, uh, I'm not, I won't share all the details, but just how, even though you might make all the right decisions within a relationship, it doesn't mean that you can always control the outcome. Yeah. And that's a hard reality that she had to face, but she, you know, is now standing as the Lord has redeemed her situation and brought so much healing to her. We just know that that's going to be, um, a testimony, yeah. a story that's going to bring encouragement to you, uh, about it all. So yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, keep an eye out for these next couple episodes that are coming out. They're going to be super, super awesome, super powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We love you guys and hope you have a great rest of your week, day, whenever. (laughs) We hope you you have a great future. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, we love you and we'll see you next time here on the Union Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com, or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.